Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. This is part two of our wonderful interview with none other than Jamila Jamil. If you have not listened to part one yet, go back to your feed, click on part one, listen to that, and then come on over here to part two. Jamila, we were looking with love at your Instagram story where you did how if a woman in the press is suddenly being talked about as crazy... Let me show you the narrative of how we get there and how the photos yes. change. It, I just love yes. it. It's yeah, so good. I, it's well, it's fascinating the way that headlines are used. There is a special place in hell for headline writers. Like truly, they are yes. the most evil, <laughs> manipulative bastards. Um, so headlines and the way that they will use photographs of us to convey a certain narrative. I mean, it, ha- it happens to me all the time where they'll take a still of me telling a funny story. Uh, or, you know, what I hope is a funny story on Jimmy Kimmel. And I'll look very animated in the picture and they will use that image from a funny, lighthearted, loving moment to then use it for a headline about um, me allegedly ranting about something where I haven't ranted. I've spoken very in a very measured and like careful mm-hmm. way. And they say, Jamila Jamil rants or Jamila Jamil hits out at or lashes mm-hmm. out at. I'm never speaking in like calm discourse according to the media i all i do is stand and scream on a soapbox all day <laughs> yes. just yeah. uh, which is bananas the other one is breaks silence isn't it if someone hasn't hasn't uh oh i spoken, love that yeah they always yeah. say break silence it's like <laughs> silence. there wasn't a silence they just hadn't said anything yet it's a different and also uh my favorite is yeah. alan denies blah blah which is basically you just saying no that's not true i, I know mean, like, you're denying like the <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah. But also, um, what is it? That the, when you like go, just walk to your car, uh, Jamila Jamil flaunts curbs. It's like, <laughs> I was just walking to my car in a non-burger. <laughs> That's all I did. And I'm flaunting oh. my curbs, um, yeah. which is just so funny. But yeah, I, so I, I just, I'm sorry, just to clarify with that thing is that I was just yes. pointing out all the different famous women who like, a lot of people hate, but don't even know why. And I was just mm. questioning. It's like Jennifer Lawrence, Anne Hathaway, uh, Princess Diana at the time before she died. Like, wh- why Kira Knightley? Why do we hate Meghan Markle? Taylor why Swift. do people yeah. hate them so much? It's because they've been twisted into that narrative, which yeah. I think is interesting. Mm. It's really fascinating. Do you have any favourite uh, uh, headlines that you've been in? Is there any particular favourites that you remember? 
Oh, there was this one brilliant one. It's not headline per se, but it was this brilliant story. So <laughs> this is how many <laughs> Daily Mail is. Um, so oh. I had to, I was hosting uh, Wimbledon for the BBC like, a, like eight, nine years ago, maybe. And part of my deal was that I had to, I think it was sponsored by Evian or something. Part of my deal is that I had to play tennis with John McEnroe, right? So I was fucking <laughs> thrilled and it was, yeah. it was set up in Soho Square in London. It was a tennis court, a makeshift tennis court set up. The paparazzi were there, the press were there. It was me versus John McEnroe. I'm in heels oh and like in short shorts <laughs> and we're playing together. And there's a picture of me mid-serve and no one looks cool or well uh, when they're playing tennis, right? My mouth was open. I, my eyes were wide open. I'm concentrating. I look, you know, I'm just trying to hit the ball that John fucking McEnroe is, is, has pounded at me. And the picture of me with a tennis racket up in the air with my mouth open and my eyes like wide open. They, the article failed to mention that uh, it was a Wimbledon event that uh, I was playing tennis John McEnroe. They didn't even mention that I was playing tennis. They just said... <laughs> And I can't remember which newspaper this was, but they were like, Jamila Jamil seen wielding a tennis racket around cash points in Soho. <laughs> As if I'm just randomly wandering around terrorizing people with a fucking wow. tennis racket in my heels at night in Soho. That Imagine is the I mean, that is the epitome of taking something entirely but, out of context. Mm. So I've always thought that was just like a that's, perfect That's example. a classic. Um, <laughs> what what uh, what do you do every day right now? What's your what oh, are you doing? Nothing, nothing. I'm I'm just uh, no, I'm working. Other than that, other than working, I'm just trying to be helpful and not be a complete dickhead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think all a lot darling. of people, a lot of people are uh, yeah. uh, being um, pretty embarrassing right now uh, publicly, and I I feel them. I understand Who? what that feels like. I'm not going to get into that, but it's just a lot of celebs stumbling over themselves. It's quite yes. funny because after I got so like so shat on in February for about a month straight, all these accusations were like leveled at me. All these like rumors are going around about me, like I had munchausen's or I'm a compulsive liar. And because I'd made a couple of minor slips in my career of like bad timing or didn't word it perfectly or there was a misunderstanding, I said in March, I was like, it's so funny how we presume that all our favorite celebrities are completely unproblematic, entirely educated and perfect because they don't say anything. We fill their silence and inaction with the presumption of their perfection. And I said this Ooh. in an interview in March. Can I say that like, again? If you're... Yeah. I can't say it again. Say that again. <laughs> 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 probably it's wrong, really good. At... What I was saying <laughs> is just that we fill the silence and inaction. We fill the silence and inaction of our favorite celebrities or powerful people with the presumption of their perfection. Presumption of, that's mm. great. Right, we presume they are completely unproblematic, completely perfect, fully informed. Um, and we get to do that because we have the luxury of their silence. As soon as someone opens their mouth, you are likely to see their human fallibility. Mm -hmm. And so mm. I am someone who opens my mouth all the time. So the odds will have it that sometimes I'm going to slip sure. up. It doesn't erase yeah. all the things that I get right, but it's part of being a human. And then since then, all these celebrities have been expected to speak out about the pandemic or about black lives matter etc and everyone mm. is stumbling all over themselves and they're being exposed by their colleagues and they're being exposed by co-workers <laughs> and it's a shit show of a mass a kind of uh call out and cancellation because this is what happens when human beings open their mouths sometimes they fuck up yes what i found really fascinating about this time 
especially in terms of the you know talking about racism is that I've I've I mean maybe it's just the the, the the things I read in the social media I follow, but I found it actually lots of stuff saying if you're scared to speak out, if you're scared or you don't you're worried you're going to say the same uh, the wrong thing. Here's here are some pointers, and I thought that was it's been very supportive for people. I think this is the first time ever I can remember that actually when it's been such a huge amount of the population that has voiced its concern and its and its um, demand for change. And so other people are saying to them, "Okay, we understand you're you've made you're, you're you're supportive and you're an ally, but you're a bit now worried. Here's how you can help." And and reaching yeah. back to people who are not as cognizant of all the mores and tropes of everything, I think it's been a new thing. Yeah, that's fully what I stand for. I stand for education. I stand for understanding that you meet people where they're at, and that we are all a product of our environment and our own. Like you know, and we are, and that ignorance does not inherently imply evil. Sometimes ignorance is just ignorance. Yeah. And so therefore yeah. the only way to remedy it, there's no point in activism if you don't believe in change. There's no point. Why and, be an activist exactly. if you don't if you don't think that there is potential for change? So And nobody's going to change mm-hmm. by you shouting at them. That's the other thing as well. You know, well, nobody's, not necessarily, yeah. Everyone shuts down when you shout at them. And the only yeah. person that nobody wins. And so actually that's what I think's wrong in America in general, is that, you know, politically it's so binary and so everyone's now it's got yeah. more and more kind of uh, people have gone to opposite ends of those spectrums. It's just like people on two mountains just screaming at each other. They can't hear mm. and they're not listening. And I think yeah. that's, you know, the root of so many of the of, of the kind of, if you look, it's sort of like the all the different layers of things wrong in our society. It's just, it's, it's basically that. And that's what's been great about this moment, I think, that people are listening and people are saying, okay, I don't really understand that. Please help me understand rather than right. that I, I can't understand. Well, I think mostly, I think a lot of people, though, have been very, like, there's a lot of vitriol on Twitter, and people can think totally. that Twitter is real life, and so I think people get afraid, and the reason that I refuse to pretend to be perfect publicly is because we desperately need to see fallibility, we desperately need to see people make mistakes and be accountable and say sorry and visibly do better, so that yeah. we can have role models, mm. otherwise, if all we see, you need to, you know, at school, where we used to get marks off if we didn't show your workings out in maths? If you didn't show yes. how you arrived at the equation, if you just gave yeah. the answer in a maths, maths equation, if you just gave the answer without showing all of your workings out and then I times it by this and then I divided it by this and then yeah. I did pi, yeah. if you don't show how you got to the answer, then you don't get all of the marks. And I believe that yeah, as a human right. being in public, that it is my responsibility as someone in advocacy and just as a human being to make sure that I show everyone all totally. of the steps of my progress so that they know that their progress is possible, that you're not born perfect. And your missteps. Yeah. Happy, happy to be corrected. You know. Um, like, uh, what do you never think of? Do you never have a a, a digital fast? It's like you've talked a lot about Twitter and how it affects you on the, in this interview. I'm curious if you ever do some um, self caring and remove yourself from it. Oh yeah, I'm only on a couple of minutes a day. Like I don't sit there and scroll all day long. I look at you know I, I'm lucky that I fo- I've curated my following to be very informative. So it takes. What about taking a week away, like just not looking at anything for a week? Have you ever done that or would like to do that? Do you think that would oh, be Oh, yeah, hard? no, I, I do that. And I have my team just sort of take over and, and retweet stuff from my company because I have this education platform called iWay where it's all about yeah. allyship and education and it's all about informing mm. people and saying it's okay if you don't know about non-binary pronouns. It's okay if you don't know about the disabled community. We'll get the best speakers from those communities and come and teach you. And then we can yeah. all learn together. And I'm the vehicle via which people learn because I'm quite ignorant. 
And I left school at 16. Like, I, there's a lot I don't know. I'm not very well read because I was super mentally ill. <laughs> I, I thought you went to, I thought you were a teacher. I thought you were an English teacher. No, I taught English as a foreign language. Very different. Oh, I see. Oh, yes, it is very different. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. That's teaching someone via the art of, like, uh, mime to, to <laughs> why they shouldn't pronounce sitting as shitting. Um, so that's, that's very different. That's Russell Brand right, and it. I both that's did funny. that. We're, we're not, like, esteemed professors. Um, right, I thought I got the whole wrong end of the stick there then. So. No, it's fine. Can, can we talk about Ai Because I, I, I I think it's we both think it's so amazing yes, as thanks. do many people and I just wanted to know specifically about the queer people on there and what issues you see for the queer community around mental health and body image and also specifically the South Asian community as well if there are specifics in there. So I way started off as a, a kind of like a safe space for people who struggled with eating disorders and body image issues. And that's why it's called I Weigh. It's about changing the way that you weigh yourself. You weigh yourself in contributions to society or self-attributes or your history or your struggles. Like I weigh the sum of all my parts. I weigh my relationship, my uh, my mm. bingo wings, my financial independence, my activism. I am a whole human who cannot be defined in a number on a scale. But very quickly, it expanded to recognizing that shame is the tool used against most people in particular marginalized people and it's a it's something that you seed in someone and you allow them to nurture and water themselves so we kind of perpetuate the shame of outside of external shame so we were like wow there's this can shame can become this huge umbrella under which we can start to address multiple communities if not every community and so what i weigh is now is essentially just a movement against shame a mental health education Mm. platform and a platform for community and allyship for saying that we are not free until all of us are free, that we must help each other. We must do whatever we can. So we have a huge LGBTQ plus IA plus uh, community. And there are people from all over the world. I would say body image issues in particular for trans people and in particular for gay men are something that we've seen a huge surge in messages about because I think Mm. gay men, similarly to, and it's not my place to speak on this, but you can perhaps tell me if you feel the same way, that we've noticed that gay men seem to suffer similarly to women in the outrageous demands of the body ideals and the ways in which they are shamed and the things that they, the eating disordered behavior that they participate in sometimes to maintain these like Photoshop-esque images. And because they're men, People don't offer them the same sympathy or do not feel Mm -hmm. concerned about their eating habits. You inherently think a man is more in control just for the fact that he is a man. So no one worries about them. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of also positioned as health food and stuff yes. when it's actually weight loss food for men you know what I mean but it's sort of muscle mass oh, yeah that's and, right you know, it's just the wording is different exactly. boost. all of my mm. gay friends feel such immense pressure to have an eight pack and to be keto and to you know they don't ever eat carbs or they're considering steroids or they're worried about they're consistently mm-hmm. worried about the way that they'll look shirtless and you know or whatever there, there's a the kind of there is such an immense pressure in one that I don't I think we're starting to see it grow in the straight man community because basically they've run out of space on a woman's body to commodify right we can no longer <laughs> we we've got they've gone after our our elbows our knees and our <laughs> earlobes they want us to have earlobe plasty so that we have more attractive wow. earlobes <laughs> so God. it's like they've there's no space left everything has been 
we've been fracked <laughs> to death. There's nothing <laughs> left. You know, a few years ago, I had to do, well, a couple of times I've played, with, you know, being a transvestite or dressed up as a woman. And I, I actually found that it was when I was a, dressed up as a woman consecutively over a period of months, it was so fascinating what it did to my psyche and how I began to think of like my safety, how everything, but it was also quite nice because all my, everything was kind of pushed up. My bum stuck out. My, I didn't, I don't have tits, but you know what I mean? My, everything, everything was presented. All my secondary sexual organs were presented, but I was incredibly unsafe. I couldn't run on the heels. I could, couldn't really open my legs very far with the skirt. Everything about it was constricting. Even the nail varnish, I felt like it was constricting on my nails. So it was like, I felt I was like in bondage for men. Yeah. And I think that's just uh, something that most men don't get a chance mm. to actually experience. And I think maybe, the, and yeah, they'll say, oh, well, I went in drag once when I was at college, but that's not the same thing. Just to have a sustained period of time when you actually are in bondage. I mean, do you think yeah. that's a fair uh, uh, appraisal? Totally. I mean, look at the corsets. What the fuck was the corset? Why are they coming mm. back? Um, why, you know, I was talking to this great activist called Alok who was telling me that historically, you know, it was mm -hmm. really only in the last couple hundred years that they decided that the costumes for men and women should be very, very different and very binary, that a man should be hyper-practical and he should have trouser legs and a woman should be like full of layers and big skirts and corsets. It should be very difficult to get into and get out of and it should be very, very impractical. Like these were active decisions made. Um, to mm. define the binaries hundreds of years ago. Because if you look in the history of most cultures, for example, where I come from in like Pakistan and India, the men wear shirts that go down to their feet. Those are dresses. They are essentially dresses. <laughs> um, mm, and yeah. so it is a, it is a um, deliberate tactic and something that I, I talk about all the time, in particular with when it comes to women um, and their body image issues, is that it feels very conspiratorial. It feels as though... Uh, forcing us to think so obsessively about every area of our bodies and worry about aging and worry about gravity, which are happening to all of us. It feels like those minutes that we're spending thinking about that, thinking about how we can better suit the patriarchal male straight gaze is that we can, as in G-A-Z-E, just to be clear, um, is to, uh, is if we think all the minutes that we're spending thinking about our bodies are minutes that we're not spent spending thinking about school, business, mental yeah. health, family, yeah. Uh, well-being and so it's a deliberate waste of our time to maintain our position as mm -hmm. second-rate citizens hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just something you said there, Jamila, that I really think is key to all this is the thing about aging. And I... You know, we can. There's all these things we can do, and great things you're doing uh, in terms of 
making people aware of the dangers of all these potions and pills and things that people are being asked to take and the and the body dysmorphia that is being sold everywhere. But at the base of it all is our society does not respect the aging process and that the that you know we 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 equate beauty only with youth. And I think that's the thing that I feel like you know as someone who's getting older I really I love being older because I actually love the fact that I've got this experience and it's not just about a physical thing it's a, it's a, a mental and sort of spiritual thing as well but I do think that we live in a society especially in America actually where it's only fear and loathing about getting older there's nothing positive about it and actually you know in other cultures that there, there, there is that people look to their elders and respect them in a certain way and I just think we've got to re-educate uh, everyone but the thing is, that's difficult when the people we look to have had tons of plastic surgery and, and are trying to look 35 when they're 18. And, and don't admit to it. Yeah, it's, well, look, it's layered. So, you know, first of all, it is imperative that we learn to respect ageing because it is a sign that you have survived. And it is, uh, it, mm. there is something to me that feels very sinful about being like, oh God, I'm turning 35, I'm turning 45, I'm turning 55. Yeah. When, you, when I think about the amount of young people I know who've died, who didn't get the luxury to age. You know, when we look at everything around us, all of the people who yeah. unexpectedly just dropped dead because of this fucking coronavirus, like we should be so grateful to age. We should look at aging as a hugely uh, lucky and wonderful and joyous thing. And and it's, it's, it's a deliberate marketing and, you know, materialist and, I don't know, consumerist fallacy that has made us afraid of age. You know, when people are happy and when they are content, they don't buy things. And when people are stressed and worried and they feel self-loathing or depression, they are more likely to consume. Mm. They're more likely to go out and buy. So what a genius way to ensure that we always feel lesser than, always feel dissatisfied, always feel as though we're failing by setting up an impossible goal of eternal youth. Therefore, they can maintain our feeling of dissatisfaction and therefore ensure that we will need to go out and buy and consume. So it's a deliberate, again, conspiracy to keep us buying and buying these anti-aging creams that don't work because you cannot reverse gravity or time and to freak us mm. out with the use of Photoshop and Botox and fillers. Botox and fillers, by the way, are so fucking dangerous. I was talking to oh my God. recently who talked to me about the fact that the, the skull is apparently the most porous bone in your body. And so therefore you're injecting essentially like botulism. You're, you're injecting these, these chemicals, yeah. these strong chemicals. Where they can where they can seep straight into your brain via your skull. We don't hear about that. We just keep seeing no, we, pictures strangely, of we Nicole don't. Kidman yes. looking like an emoji. You know what I mean? Where beautiful <laughs> woman is being airbrushed <laughs> to within an inch of her life. Yeah, I would say eyebrows aren't supposed to be at forty five degrees. No, and yeah. that's no disrespect to you know Nicole um, Kidman. She's not airbrushing herself, but the Ocean's Eight film looked like the emoji movie. They had airbrushed these yes. wonderful women who have such great, characterful, amazing faces and expressions yes. and just wash them. And you see them photograph men like Josh Brolin in, you know, in high definition where we we actually we amplify George Clooney's wrinkles and gray hairs because we consider it dignified in a man. But we consider it shameful and disgusting and kind totally, of totally societally illegal. One thing, and your uh, stuff I was reading about you about airbrushing and all these things, and I have an airbrushing issue as well because, uh, uh, you know, for years 
uh, well, what happened? One time, I remember I was, I was, I was somewhere, and someone said, "Oh, here's this magazine that you're on the cover of." And you know, you're on the cover of a magazine; it's quite exciting. You think, "Oh, hello, hello." And I was looking <laughs> at the picture. I thought, "Oh, they chose that one. Oh, interesting." And uh, blah blah. And I went, "Something wrong with this. Something doesn't make. I don't. Something's just not right." Guess what? They'd they'd um, airbrushed out my mole. Do you see this mole in the middle of my head? In my yeah. middle of my eyebrows? It's a mole. And I have lots of them. And they airbrushed out. And actually, a lot of people have airbrushed my mole out over the years. And it's so weird because it's like I, you know, when I was at school, I remember being teased about my moles. And so it just became the, suddenly this sort of history of shame and all this stuff. And I thought, fuck those people for doing that. So I, um, the, ne- the next time it happened, I was at this, at the Toronto Film Festival. And they took a photo of me and then they came and dropped off at my hotels to sign the photo and then they're going to auction it off with all these people's photos so I, they, and they'd airbrushed my mole out so I just I signed it and I said airbrushed against my will and drew a big arrow up and then drew my mole back onto this photo <laughs> uh, I do that all the time I love, I love calling people out uh, it's so rude and weird isn't it when someone just uh, digitally alters your features Yes. Uh, they're just like take, mm. they take out my stretch marks which makes me think oh you think there's something wrong with my stretch marks they exactly take out my, they straighten my nose or like make yeah. my face lighter in skin i'm like this is a very stupid toxic thing to do yeah and it's all yes. because of what they think they want well guess what How, yeah. do you have this problem um, christopher well as you can see i've got a sty at the moment that could do with some airbrushing <laughs> yeah. but um I, yeah i have been airbrushed occasionally normally i'm like go for it but um it's different when you're a a hugely public figure and people are looking to you and you are presenting something that is giving people a big lump of shame that they've totally. got to sit on for the rest but of it's, their life. But it's, pan- it's everywhere. Like it's, like, you know, it's like Botox. Yeah. It's like yeah, these things are just parts of it. Everybody does it now. The little lady down the hill yeah. from me right now gets, yeah, it's gets Botox. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant airbrush. But I just wanted to ask one last question. What's next for you, Jamila? So I'm loving doing a podcast i have a podcast it's uh based on my movement where i interview all these wonderful actors and artists but also activists and writers and scientists listen to it and love it thank you um and so that's been one of the most fun and rewarding and exciting experiences of my career and that's something that i hope to keep doing uh the company is also expanding we have a youtube channel now and then i'm working on a book and I'm also working on projects that I can develop with other young talent to be able to mm. share what I've got with them because people should be listening to them and not oh, me. <laughs> so uh, I'm working on producing that at the moment. And then I guess when it comes to acting, you know, I never planned on being an actor. The Good Place was a sort of happy yes. accident where someone yeah. just gave me, or I mean, I went to an audition having never acted before and got that role. So if something came up that I felt was truly worth the immense amount of hours and time I would take away from my advocacy, then it would have to be something with a greater message. And so mm-hmm. I'll wait for something like that. I'm not, I'm not um, strong enough to play a Marvel character. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not a fit. I'm a doctor once called me clinically weak, which is just a, a doctor this. Um, so I don't know what's going to come for me for like, for, I, I don't know what's coming in the acting world, but if I do something, it would be something with a, probably a larger message that I thought would contribute to my other work. Good for you. Oh, well, listen, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, it's, it's been so lovely. such a pleasure. Thanks. And um, we cannot thank you enough for everything. Oh, well, yes. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. Always happy to come and chat. <laughs> oh, Please lovely. do. And, you know, 
it's so funny, Jamila, because uh, years and years ago, I started out as a music video director and I was directing a music video for Sophie Ellis Baxter. Oh, yeah. And we had T4 come to the set and you came down. And um, this is a nice story, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and, um, and it was so... I was really scared about T4 coming because prior to you being on it the reputation was quite piss take yeah. they used to be really mean to pop stars and I felt quite protective of Sophie because it, she wasn't she's such a little necessarily, sweetheart that one. she's so nice and she wasn't necessarily the coolest thing on the planet at that moment no. let's say and you arrived and you were so kind and wonderful and so nice to her and nice to everybody um it's been such a pleasure to see you do such amazing stuff oh thank you yeah I've, tr- I've tried to not be a bellend you know (laughs) Uh, but you could have you so easily could have in that role you know because you were taking over from something that had it was doing well as being a bit snarky and mean and yeah making pop stars cry they used to push push me a lot to be meaner than I was and at the very beginning I really struggled because I didn't want to I didn't want to be this condescending person I was this kid who had no self-confidence growing up who didn't think I was above anyone Mm. who was being forced to sort of look down at people and I just didn't understand why that was the humor but I was also extremely grateful to have the job because I was finally able to afford like support my family but it yeah. like it was I, I made an effort to grow my own career as fast as I could so I would have the power to start saying no and so within about a year I started being able to put my foot down I'll never forget one time I was supposed to interview this very short young rapper who is much smaller than me and they wanted me to play a game with them called what things in the world are bigger than you? And I'm five foot 11. I don't need to emasculate a short man who's named himself in a way that you can tell from his name that he knows he's small. He's aware that he's short. I don't need to emasculate Mm. and make fun of his size on national television. And the producer at the time threw like a chair across the room in rage that I wouldn't go on television, live television and belittle this young black man. And so I don't think wow. that stands, but that's, I blame that on the police and not the institution. I'm so grateful to right. everything T4 and Channel 4 ever gave me, but there was definitely, that was the humour in England at the time. And I'm happy to see it leave. Yes. That's like, do you, yeah. you want to see, I know this is a terrible thing to end with because it's a visual um, okay, uh, gag. <laughs> but so here's my, here's my difference when people say to me, what's the difference like, between living in America and living in London? And here's yeah. living in London. I've got my arms folded. Looking down your nose. One yeah. foot on the back foot, kind of going, mm-hmm, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then here is living in New York. <laughs> yeah, living yeah. in America. That's I, a big smile right in the camera. I agree. I do think that with New York and London, we only respect the hustle. We don't respect the win. We actually look down on the win. And in Los Angeles, we only respect the win. Mm. We don't respect the hustle. So I do think that they are both different types of evils. Yes. <laughs> we oh, need to find a middle yeah. ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always love um, Quentin Crisp's thing about LA. Do you know that quote he said? No. He said, Los Angeles is New York lying down. <laughs> well, that's a perfect way to end this because I'm going to go back yes. to lying down straight up. Go and lie down. Oh, Lovely to meet you, Jimmy. So thanks so much. Likewise. What a darling. Yeah. She's going out with James Blake, isn't she? That's right. The musician. Who I love. I love his music. Because in the when we were doing the Zoom call, there was sort of like a keyboard and things in the background. Yes. And uh, so I thought, oh my gosh, isn't that great? Speaking you of noise in the background, can you hear that jumbo jet flying over my house? Why is it a jumbo jet? I thought you were beside a, a, a military, a, an air so force base. It's a military air base, but 
occasionally they land one jumbo jets and two these things called like numbars or something which is the biggest airplane in the world it's like five times the size of a jumbo jet but why do, why did they land there i think they carry tanks around and stuff gosh can you tell how well versed i am on the british military <laughs> yeah i think they've got tanks or something like super army stuff so basically if america was going to invade russia they'd sort of be stopping off for petrol and a, and some snacks in the store at your oh next yeah i'd lay you. on some nibbles for them if they wanted <laughs> <laughs> guys come in what can i get you beer chocolate got um, some beer left over some beer and gin left over from last night no Tube of Pringles. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pringles don't last long in my house. Let me tell you that much, Alan. I bet. Anyway, um, maybe viewers would like to write in and tell us what they thought about the uh, uh, interview with Jamila. Yes, and you can do so at hello at homosapienspodcast.com. or you can get in touch at, at Homo Sapiens on Instagram. You can get at Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook. Also, listeners, if you need to spruce up your wardrobe, can I recommend? going to apple podcasts and leaving us a review and then we will pick review of the week on homo sapiens extra or if you want to buy a t-shirt or a sweater the sweaters are great alan loves his oh i've got them i've, I've got mine on all the time where should they go alan they should go to ever bright forward slash homo sapiens we're losing sales by the second everard bath ever press ever press or ever breaks the ticket please you do it you're better at it what is it it's everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens there we go thanks for listening thanks jamil for a lovely time and uh see you next time see you next time Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 